Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 486. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine saying I'm a little horse this morning, nay. <laughs> Hello, little horse. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Ryan, how have mm-hmm. you been? How's the house? House is great. We've gotten 98% of our stuff from the apartment. We've cleared out our storage unit and things are in a lot of the places they should be. The, the finish line is in sight for at least getting everything in the house in one place. Then becomes the Herculean task of unpacking everything. But the fun part of all that is rediscovering the dumb crap that I have and wonderful crap that I have. I was telling you before we started recording, I found my 20-year-old digital video recorder with a boatload of tapes. So I have video of a 21-year-old me having just dyed his hair pink. Very excited by that. How's by you? How's by me? Frozen, cold, a winter tundra. It's beautiful and very cold, and I just stay inside, and that's about it. Yeah, it's it's been pretty pretty chill in these parts literally lately yeah we're getting a, it's a little bit warmer today which i'm hoping will help melt the snow and i can actually use my full driveway <laughs> the other big thing is that since our last recording i have officially legally become the parent to Catherine grace elizabeth oh and i my God. yeah we had our adoption finalization which you know We brought her home in October 2019. We submitted for finalization in March of 2020, which literally the next week, the pandemic started to shut everything down, including the courts. And so it took almost a full year to get us in front of a judge. We had an amazing judge. We did it virtually. And she was wonderful and sweet. And I was sobbing. She's like, I now pronounce you parents and something like that. It was just bawling. It was so relieved and happy and so yay that's a big burden oh my gosh what a big week what a big last couple of years of life but i'm so happy for you guys it's so wonderful what let's let's start the show i feel good now yeah it was a big week for me personally but it's also a big week for marvel studios wandavision yeah big episode this week it was the halloween episode no spoilers but man there's a lot of big stuff A lot of big stuff that's revealed in that episode. As every week, there's a lot of awesome stuff that may affect the future of the MCU. And I'm just personally living for the Darcy, Monica, Jimmy trio. Just the best. I know. So good. Man, they're so much fun and great dynamics. Everything about them is is really good. You would put in our doc this, uh, you know, talking about a classic nerd debate coming out of all this stuff. So I just thought it was kind of funny that there's like a moment where they talk about how Captain Marvel is the most powerful Avenger versus, but what about Wanda? And it was mm-hmm. just like that, you know, that debate that everybody has had in their living room or via Zoom or whatever come to life on the screen, which I was just like, chef's kiss. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really cool. So if everybody has been following along on Marvel.com, we have been following each episode with a Marvel must-haves article that ties into some cool stuff, some gear, some you know things you can pick up that tie into the episode, which is, I think, so smart to release it 
that way because these things can kind of be spoilery. Definitely with the stuff that's in this week with all the Halloween costume, like Funko Pops and stuff. Yeah. It's really great. Also, it's Elizabeth Olsen's birthday this week who plays Wanda in the MCU. So happy birthday, Elizabeth Olsen. Happy birthday. Oh, but there's also something new on the horizon, which I'm very excited about, which is Marvel Studios Assembled. Yeah, which is a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is pretty cool. Assembled is going to take all of us through productions such as Marvel Studios' WandaVision, Marvel Studios' Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Marvel Studios' Loki via exclusive on-set footage, which is so cool and cool. so smart. And like, I love that they didn't announce that until now. It's mm-hmm. like... You've been getting in where we're so many, we're what, six episodes publicly into mm-hmm. Marvel Studios WandaVision. And now it's like, all right, you love it? How about some behind the scenes glory? I love it. Yeah. And Marvel Studios assembled the making of WandaVision is going to premiere on March 12th of this year, which I'm so excited to watch that on Disney+. Plus. I think it's going to be really cool because there's so many awesome things about how they created this show that's really distinct to classic television, and I can't wait to see what all they reveal in that. Yeah, and then the week after that is Marvel Studios' Falcon and the Winter Soldier premiering on Disney+. Plus. There are shows. It's awesome. What a great time. Spring is going to be sprung, right? Is that what they say? Is that what <laughs> yep, the kids that's say? what they say, spring. That's what the kids say? It's going to be sprung. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that got sprung this week, how about a Marvel's Avengers War Table? <laughs> you like that segue? Because this week Square Enix announced that Marvel's Avengers launches on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S consoles on March 18th, 2021. Again, spring is sprung! The day before Marvel Studios Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Look at that. Wowie wow. And this is really cool. You can watch the war table that happened this week right now on Marvel.com and the Marvel YouTube channel for all kinds of sneak peeks. But this war table is really about Clint Barton and how he's going to bring his unique skills and talents to the game's roster of Marvel's Avengers Operation Hawkeye Future Imperfect, which is like bum, 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 a whole lot of info in one little title. Give me a colon and then a dash and I am here to party. I'm all about it. (laughs) I love it. I wish you would have stopped at colon. (laughs) Give me some colon and we're good. Takes me back to that old SNL sketch. Colon blow? I was thinking the exact same thing. But in addition, there's going to be a new playable superhero and a new chapter of the game's ongoing Avengers initiative in which a new villain, Maestro, you know, that version of the Hulk from the future that's Bruce Banner's brain and Hulk's strength and abilities. But, you know, now he's driven mad by the imperfect future. Yes. It's it's, the apocalypse. It's a bad time and he's just making it worse. There's a bunch of great comics about the Maestro. If anybody Mm. is getting excited about this and has never read them, the first one is called Incredible Hulk Future Imperfect from like 1992. It's really, really great. And then we've recently started doing stories about the Maestro in recent comics. So you've got the Maestro series that was the last couple months and then Maestro Warren Pax, which is going on right now, which is they're just terrific and they're going to be great like extra bonus content if you want to learn about this character and how he how he became, you know, cool and the maestro. Yeah. Also, a cool thing, if you've already been playing Marvel's Avengers on PlayStation 4 or on Xbox One, you can upgrade to the full next-gen version of the game at no additional cost, and you can transfer and save your game to keep your progress. So if you're already playing the game, keep on playing the game in the next-gen. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I still don't have a PlayStation 5, though. And I've been playing on PlayStation. So I know, me too. Yeah. Someday. 
Yeah. Somebody get me that PlayStation 5. Of course, as Lorraine said, watch the full War Table now on Marvel.com and our Marvel YouTube channel and all our social pages. Get all them sneak peeks and all that information that you desire. So you guys might remember we had on Lecrae last week, an awesome musician, talking about the Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales soundtrack. But now you can get it from Mondo. I just got one of these. Did you get one? I did. I did. We have a whole section in our living room for all our vinyl. And I'm very excited because it's going to go alongside the soundtrack to the first game. Yeah. So if you guys haven't heard the soundtrack yet, it's amazing. It's got two tracks by Lecrae on it, as well as some great cinematic music. If you don't know Mondo, they do some really awesome, high quality badges and buttons and pins to like glassware, vinyl and prints. Yeah. So they became famous for prints. And in cleaning out the apartment, I found an unopened tube from Mondo. What? I guess I just forgot to open when I bought it eight, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. which I don't know what's in there yet. And that, you know, old Mondo prints can sometimes go for hundreds or even more money. And I don't know. I honestly don't know what's in it. And I'm kind of like, do I just keep it forever? sealed and then get a surprise like when I'm 50, which is just 10 years away. Anyway, (laughs) or I'll just open it up and be surprised that way. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I love Mondo. Great folks over there. They're huge Marvel fans. So I'm glad they're doing more stuff. Yeah. And the vinyl is actually in collaboration with Hollywood Records. And it's got original art by Chun Lo with an incredible score by John Pisano, as well as those two tracks by Lecrae and Jaden Smith, which I'm sure you guys have heard. But you should go pick it up at mondoshop.com. Yeah. And if you want more Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, there's the Art of the Game book. I'm a big sucker for the like art of books, whether it's movies or video games. I think they're just fantastic. So this one really details the creative process of Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. You get concept art, you get in-game renderings that are created by all the folks at Marvel and Insomniac Games, characters, locations, tech gadgets, spider suits, like Pretty much everything really gets in-depth and shows you how this game was made. And it's wonderful. It's going to be available in just a couple of days, February 23rd in the U.S. and February 16th in the U.K. So our U.K. listeners, go pick it up right now. Yeah. There's also some stuff in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a week. So this is really cool. It's called War of the Bounty Hunters, and it was announced on StarWars.com this week. It's an epic crossover just in like a classic Marvel tradition. But it's all in Star Wars comics, and it's going to reveal what Boba Fett experienced on his journey to deliver Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt, which is... When he was encased in a chocolate bar. Yeah. Oh, tasty, tasty chocolate bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's going to... It's going to run from May through October, and it kicks off in War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, number one. This issue is by writer Charles Soule and artist Steve McNiven. That's a dynamite team. They've done really cool stuff together, and you know, including some Wolverine stuff and more. And Charles says about McNiven's work, I think it's the best work he's maybe ever done, which is a bold statement. There's some really great art on StarWars.com, which is really good. And this is actually going to premiere on May 5th, which is wonderful. That's some good synergy right there. It's right after May the 4th. Because May the 4th be with you. Yeah. May 5th is my wife's birthday, too. So it's good. Also Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Which means we can never go eat her favorite food, which is Mexican (laughs) food, because it's just a nightmare with all the people at these restaurants. Not that we would anyway. Anyway, War of the Bounty Hunters, it's going to like spin out of 
all the Star Wars books that are going on right now, which are all following after the events of Empire Strikes Back. So you got Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, Darth Vader, and Dr. Aphra. And it's a five-issue War of the Bounty Hunters miniseries by Charles Soule and artist Luke Ross. Luke is a friend and he's terrific. He's done so much work. He's done some really great Star Wars stuff in the last couple of years. So I think this is gonna be wonderful. They're gonna work on the, the main miniseries. That's gonna kick off in June. And it's just gonna be a whiz-bang affair as they say in the Star Wars universe. Ah, uh, yes, a whiz-bang affair. Yep. You know what? This feels like the right time to bring up Marvel's Declassified episode eight this week because you know what we're talking about? What's that? The future. That's the sound of the future, if you don't know. (laughs) We're going to be looking at three different stories that have really inspired the future. And, you know, the thing that I think is interesting about Marvel is even our contemporary sort of present day comics are always looking toward the future. You know, even like the Iron Man idea. It's like nobody was walking around in a night suit with bang bang lasers on their hands, you know, at in the 60s when this came around. So we're sort of looking at that future looking Marvel history. And we talk with some great folks, Adam Savage, who, you know, from Savage Builds and Mythbusters and all those kinds of shows. Nettie Okorafor, who's an incredible writer on Shuri. And Jordan Reeves from Marvel's Hero Project, who is an inventor and creator herself, as well as a Marvel fan. But we have a clip. I know you got to talk to Adam before for Earth's Mightiest Show back in the day. And he was on Twim. We did a a whole Twim episode with him from his building garage studio. And he's just, he's great. Yeah. We had such a blast talking with him. And he talks about some of his work and how it was inspired by Marvel and how he made a real Iron Man suit. So check out a little clip from the show this week. Adam, what do those words mean to you, the future? What's the first thing you think of? Um, At this moment in time, uncertainty, but you know, human beings are explorers. And in general, We seek, as we gather knowledge, to use that knowledge to make life better for us and the people around us. And so as someone who thinks about the future, I'm a very excited person about technology. I love robots. I'm not scared of AI. I'm inordinately attached to my iPhone. And I get really excited about the ways in which future technology can change the ways we think and the ways we interact with the world. It makes airplanes made the world much smaller. And I think of trains. I love taking trains. I love the fact that out the window of almost any train you can take of any distance, the view out the window hasn't changed in 150 years. And that is a connection to me to ways in which humans used to think about the world that thrills me and makes me think about the ways in which we're not thinking about the future. So uh, what what Marvel character was the first one to kind of pull you in and get you hooked? It's got to be Iron Man. And it's it's specifically, it's not because of Tony's personality, which is almost anathema <laughs> to mine. But Tony's superpower is his brain and his checkbook. And the fact that all of his powers come from that brain that's that's what humans do. That's when we were making suits of armor in the Middle Ages and we make, when we make bomb suits now, we're doing the same thing Tony did with this Iron Man suit. We are self-evolving new hermit crab shells to protect us in harsh environments. Well, we've promised that you will get to talk about it, so we have to talk about it. <laughs> um, you made an Iron Man suit. 
and it is a sight to behold. Can you please describe everything about <laughs> it? Because I, it's mind blowing. So, yeah, I I made what is essentially Tony Stark's first prototype. It, it's it's not comfortable. It was not easy to build, but it is a titanium Iron Man suit that is bulletproof, bomb proof, and it flies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the look on both of your faces is so satisfying right now. <laughs> oh, man. He's so cool. I love his Iron Man stuff. Also, when I visited him, he had like a set of Wolverine mm-hmm. uh, claws and so much more. He's just he's a huge fan. That's a great episode. Great clip there. So definitely go listen to Marvel's Declassified on the Sirius XM app and desktop player. Where you can also listen to This Week in Marvel a day early every week, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our other shows, Marvel's Pull List and Women of Marvel and Marvel Method, which is now also coming to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Marvel Method is a wonderful show hosted by Method Man, and he gets to get real deep speaking of people who love Marvel, know mm-hmm. Marvel, want to talk about Marvel. Meth is amazing and so you can go to marvel.com slash marvel method to subscribe yeah do it do it do it listen to the show it's really awesome also here's another fun thing that you can do from home the marvel tough mutter if you guys are familiar with tough mutter challenges they are those physical feats where people get muddy sometimes but there is a whole marvel series which anybody can do anywhere any ability and it's just a really awesome opportunity i think that we all could use some exercise let's be honest (laughs) there are six marvel themed challenges that are going to be released throughout the year with a variety of fitness and skills and mental tasks that you can do for each challenge and then for each challenge, you get a Marvel-themed finisher coin and digital badge. You can check them all out at toughmutter.com Marvel. And the first challenge is going on now. It's Avengers-themed, and there's going to be some more that have already been announced for Deadpool and Captain America-themed. So go and check those out, especially if you want a little Marvel motivation to get off your butt. Yes. If you have never heard of Tough Mudder, it is spelled T-O-U-G-H-M-U-D-D-E-R, which is Tough Mudder. Just Not like tough. I mutter at you. That's <laughs> that would make sense for me because that's what I do when I exercise. <laughs> Can't believe I'm doing this. Who's making me do this? Me. <laughs> I got back on my bike for the first time in like a week and change because of all the like moving insanity going on. So feeling good. Feeling like I'm gonna get back into the groove. I'm sedentary. We also had our shakes for the first time. You know, some fruit and nuts and kale and stuff. That's a good breakfast right there. Coffee. All right. Next up, we have an interview with St. Bodhi, who is a Def Jam artist who wrote a comic book coming up in Black Panther 23. Yeah, it's a really cool story. It's about Storm and a young mutant. Uh, Definitely check it out in Black Panther. But it's really cool to see her get to stretch her legs into Marvel. Lorraine, you got to talk to St. Bodhi, right? What did you all talk about? We talked about her love of Storm and some of her favorite video games. And honestly, she's just a real ray of sunshine. She made me miss California in a big way because she's just got like that California energy about her. Something about her is really sunshiny. Oh, excellent. Well, let's check out that interview with St. Bodhi right now. St. Bodhi, welcome to This Week in Marvel. Hey. 
It's so great to get to talk to you. I've been rocking out to your music all morning, getting in the mood <laughs> to talk to you today. What can you tell us about your Marvel origin story? Sheesh. Um, <laughs> I feel like I always thought I had like some powers. So I just know <laughs> when I would look at Marvel movies or look at some of the characters, I just feel like I always related to, to like having powers. But then I was stuck in like the normal world where you can't have superpowers. But I personally thought I had superpowers. Powers. And so that's one of the reasons why, like, I got into Marvel and got into sci-fi and, and like, I just always thought I had some form of, like, if I think it is going to happen, watch is going to happen. Let me guess the stop <laughs> sign before it turns green type of energy. Yeah, I love that. But I mean, like, I don't know, that makes sense to me on some level. I know that you're like, you got like a witchy vibe to you, like you like some witchy stuff. So I'm here for that. <laughs> Loki. <laughs> And speaking of witches, I know you're a Storm fan, and Storm plays an important role in the comic you wrote for the upcoming Black Panther number 23. How did you first get into Storm, and what do you like about her? I feel like, I mean, she's a strong Black woman to me, and I feel like I am a strong Black woman. And, um, you know, her mother was a part of... I. I don't call me on the tribe, but her mother was a high priestess. And, um, you know, I have roots in Jamaica where a lot of women in our family are considered high priestess and are witches or whatever you want to call them. And I feel like I connected with her because it's like, all right, great. I might not be a high priestess, but my origins are from there. And I have like these... Like, I want to say, like, abilities to, like, just sense things. Or I feel like I can manipulate, like the weather in a weird way <laughs> not to sound crazy but yeah you could be a weather witch if you have storms powers or if you know you you could have storms powers would you want to use them on stage yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would use her powers for a whole bunch of things but yeah i would want to use them on stage do you have any fondness for any of the other x-men folks or marvel folk I feel like Professor X is cool. I think that like the telekinesis and like being able to tap into people's minds and read people's minds, I think that's kind of like cool because I personally like not trying to put it all on me, but I personally feel like when people are around me and they're in a weird vibe, I'm like, dude, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I know you're in a bad mood. So like, just let me know. So I think him and Storm kind of like bring it all together for me. Um, I'm I'm loving this like full telekinesis for you. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, so as I mentioned before, your story is going to be featured in Black Panther 23 in Ta-Nehisi Coates' run of Black Panther, which is just phenomenal. Uh, but what was your reaction when you got asked to be part of this and have your own story? I feel like I kind of hyperventilated a little, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> like, it was like a little hyperventilation. And that day was crazy, too, because like the same day that I found out about, um, you know, Marvel wanting to work with me, I had like just got Grammy nominated. I just got this whole Red Bull thing and all this stuff was happening at once. And I kept seeing all these signs around the world. And then all of a sudden I get this call and I'm just like, <sighs> um, I wanted to do this my whole life. I can't believe I have an opportunity to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. What a, what a big few days, months in there. That's <laughs> really crazy. Right? And congratulations, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> like, this is cool. It was kind of like, like, I kind of geeked out a little bit. Like, I told some friends. I was just like, yeah, dude, I'm getting up there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
since you are a Storm fan, were there any sort of things about her as a character or about her history that you were most interested in exploring in the story? I, you know, I want to know. I don't necessarily know why her and Black Panther broke up. Do you know? Yeah, they had a fight during... It's a whole thing, but like he was hanging out with the Avengers and she was hanging out with the X-Men and then they had a fight. And so it like tore away at their relationship when their two teams were going up against each other. But like OTP, they are the best couple. That part. I mean, I know he's with someone else now, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you guys need to figure that like, she's all, you know, she's witchy, you know, you're Black Panther. Like we can make this work, you know, whatever, but whatever. (laughs) You know, you never know. Like anything can happen in the future. Couples make up. <laughs> that part. Sometimes you gotta get away for like three years and then you know you guys are back in a relationship together. I, I would I would love that personally. But I love I love your story. Again, just to sort of summarize, what what was the initial idea behind the story? Um, I I decided to kind of take it a little bit personal with Woodstorm. And I felt like I related to the story that I wrote with her with finding the girl who was dealing with like her her personal family, you know, the the, mm. the, the girl, you know, her family basically got killed. And yeah. and how Storm took her under her wing and kinda like simmered her down and like taught her a new direction in life. Like I could just relate to that so much. So I was like, this is where we have to go with this direction. Like I looked at myself as the girl she was saving. And I know like I was kind of estranged from my family as a kid. And, you know, I, I was always seeking out a mentorship type of situation. And so I seen Storm as being like this strong woman who could simmer down the situation and and really bring light to her eyes and realize that your pain is not a funnel for you to just just be destructive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, that's why that's, that's one of the reasons why I wrote this story. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm the little girl, obviously, but like storms, like the superwoman out of this situation. And like, even though I have powers, storm can come and save me from like the destruction that I might cause upon myself because of my own pain. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I, when I was reading over your story, I got really choked up because I think it is such a common experience, you know, that, like as you become an adult, you try to care for that like inner child part of you that that went through that suffering and those kinds of things. And I really felt that in the story. And I wondered if it was you. I really like that that shined through to me when I read it. And as far as storytelling goes, obviously, you're an awesome lyricist. But how did you approach narrative in this form compared to your music? That's a a good question. (laughs) I think I kind of approached it in this in the same way because like with my music i'll i'll say like another person's name and like i'll talk about another mm-hmm. person but at the same time like i'm like talking about myself really and mm-hmm. so i think i approached the the story the same way honestly it wasn't really a difference it was just now it's just like marvel <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because you know music obviously has these different components right like you have beat and you have melody what was it like writing and sort of like straight up prose? Was it was it freeing? Was it different? It was different. It was freeing. And like, I secretly like want to write movies. So I was like, yeah, this is my time. <laughs> Literally. And so it was not, I, I, got, I got in the car and um, I took a little drive and then I parked my car and then I wrote. 
And it was good because I, I do my music like that. Sometimes I don't mm-hmm. even have a beat. I'll have like a melody or I'll just have a story and I'll voice note that and I'll send it to the producer. And then all of a sudden, you know, he he creates a beat around whatever I'm, I'm saying. And so but it was like the same when I was writing the story for Storm. It was just like, I'm just by myself. I don't need anything else besides me and my brain in my car. My, my Jeep matters. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of interestingly, you know, music, obviously you kind of work with your producer or your backup band or, or whoever you're working with. And in the comic genre, you're working with an artist on some level. What was it like to then have your words translated into art and getting to see that process unfold? It was cool because I feel like it was a learning experience because mm-hmm. it was like, all right, cool. I got these ideas. I'm going to give it to you. And then all of a sudden they turned it into like better ideas. And so I was like, all right, that's perfect. I love what you did. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn how to do that as well. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just felt like it was like this big learning experience. It, it was like it was like humbling and like it was cool. I felt like I just learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And when people are able to finally pick up the comic and they can check it out in the back of Black Panther 23. What do you hope that they take away from the story? The innocence in, 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 a lot, I feel like a lot of people are dealing with a lot of stuff, especially because of 2020. And it's like, we, a lot of people are lashing out and just the innocence of like, you know, that's behind some of the aggression. You know what I mean? Right. It's a lot more than meets the eye. Right. Yes, it's not just the the crazy girl or the crazy guy. And it's just like, well, what happened? Why are they like that? I mean, and I I feel like that's a that's a big thing with that particular story. Yeah, I I particularly I was reading a little bit about the backstory behind your song, uh, Gold Revolver. Maybe that's a little bit of an intense story to tell today, but. I thought that was a an interesting connection there. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a it was a, a a strange day in in my relationship life. <laughs> <laughs> I was dating this guy and um I found out that he was married and I had no idea that he was married and um I wanted to like literally strangle him and like instead of me doing it actually I basically just released myself on the album on the record so that is is a simple story but it felt good to get it out like honestly like it really felt good to get it out I mean I didn't physically do it but it was like you know just to be able to explore that emotion without exploring that emotion was pretty cool yeah for sure let's talk about this if you could pick a Marvel character to hop on a track with you anybody in the Marvel universe who would it be and why I feel like I I feel like I pick Logan Really? Just like a shink, shink, like claws situation? <laughs> no, just because I feel like he, okay, like I'm from South Central LA and I just feel mm-hmm. like when I listen to Logan's story, like he's from like the hood in my eyes. <laughs> like, like, like they kid, like they did some things to him, like PTSD'd mm-hmm. out. And so I feel like he would have like, he's like the Kendrick, he would be like a Kendrick lyrically to how he expresses his story of like the pain he went through and yet how he's still like, what's up? What are we doing? But then he still has like the softness about him. So I was like, I would go, I would be able to Logan. It would be Logan. Yeah, I love that. I love that. He would have like a lot to bring to the table. Obviously, he's been alive for like 200 years. So also a ton of ex- life experience. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he got everything. He got the answers. <laughs> <laughs> So you've worked with a lot of folks. Um, You've worked with artists like Beyonce, Jaden Smith, 
How did those experiences help you create your debut album, Mad World? Learning. I feel like I learned a lot because when Mm -hmm. I got in those situations, I was like, why am I here? Do I belong here? I was sleeping on a couch like a couple months ago. You know what I mean? Like those Mm -hmm. type of situations. And so I just feel like they just helped me learn like where I wanted to be, different techniques, um, etiquettes. As far as being in the studio, as far as like, oh, that's how artists is supposed to be. And it just kind of helped me write the most vulnerable album ever, in a sense, because Mm -hmm. um, I realized that there was no rules when it came to this art, like this artistry situation. Like, it's not what people think. It's not like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to be this way. Like, no, I can do whatever I want to do. And all these artists that I've helped write for, they do what they want to do. Right. I mean, that's kind of like... A a superpower isn't any good unless you kind of have like the confidence to use it, right? That part. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. In some ways, like a lot of musicians are like superheroes and that they kind of have like almost like different personas or alter egos on stage. Do you feel like you have sort of an alter ego or persona when you perform? I do dead think I have like a split personality when I want to <laughs> no, it feels like it like I actually get like physically exhausted like when I come home I'm like wait who am I again like I know that I'm this person but like I'm tired like it's, I, I get drained mm-hmm. like a whole nother animal comes out of me and it, it's pretty cool because I don't know where it comes from it's just like it's like I didn't even know I had her like when I did my first video, Flower Child, I had never done a music video before. And just looking at myself, I'm like, man, that's not the same girl who sits there and plays video games all day and, you know, eats and just goes to the beach <laughs> in person, you know. But when I'm on mm-hmm. stage, it's like, what are we doing? How are we doing this? You know? Oh, I love that. So what video games do you like? Okay, so I'm RPG. Uh, Assassin's Ooh. Creed, Tomb Raider, right. Resident Evil, God of War, the Evil Within is pretty cool. I've been playing that lately. And then I know I know it's old, but the Crash Bandicoot 4 remastered <gasps> is dope. <Okay>. No. <laughs> That's for real, though. <laughs> that made me so happy. That took me back. Oh, it's it's a classic. It's a classic, man. I did. And I'm telling you like that. And it's hard. So like back in the days when you were playing it, it felt easy. Now it's really hard. Like I was like, damn, I was really playing this game because it used to be so easy back then. Now it's really hard. Like it's a, it's, it's a fun <laughs> game. And then what else? Um, I call it duty. Um, more so Assassin's Creed and Resident Evil and God of War. I started playing Uncharted. Yeah, that's it. I have my what I stick to. Oh, man, I'm impressed, too, because like you're busy. <laughs> you know, you're like, you are a busy person. What do you play? Oh, man. Uh, back in the day, Crash Bandicoot was my jam. But I've been playing a lot of Marvel's Avengers. It's really fun because you get to play Kamala Khan and she's like super cute and like swings around and then beats crap out of everybody. So that's a good time. 10 out of 10. <laughs> but that's that's been my jam lately. I also got really into Animal Crossing like everybody else in quarantine. So as you continue to to work on all kinds of music and amazing projects, you know, what do you what do you do to keep yourself inspired? What what continues to keep you going? I feel like like I just came back from Texas. I was in Texas for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was really inspiring to me because it, it allowed me to connect to other parts of my culture. And then um just asking questions, talking to friends and family relationships, unfortunately suck, but you know, being in relationships really do help you, uh, stay inspired, whether they're good or bad. And, Mm -hmm. um, just relating to myself, I feel like my solitude is where I find a lot of my like inspiration from, 
So, you know, you said you kind of have a little bit of an alter ego going when you perform. If you could choose a superpower to go with that alter ego or like maybe a name, what would you give? What would you give her? A superpower? I would like want to teleport just so I can do mad shows. Like, <laughs> like, Skip like, that bus I'd, life. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it'd be super bagged out. And I'm like, all right, I'm in the UK. I'm in uh, China. I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, as soon as I'm that, doo, 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 and then I'd want to like be able to be invisible too. I mean, everyone secretly wants to be invisible to spy on like their boyfriends. I'm just saying like, come on, you know, oh, you want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, like what are you doing like you know just, what are you guys talking about when i leave the room like, <laughs> everybody kind of wants to know that so i'd, I'd probably want to be invisible and i definitely want to teleport heck yeah all right sign me up uh crash crash bandicoot uh some teleportation some invisibility i'm on board for all of that thank you so much for chatting with us where can everybody check out your music and everything that you do I am a big iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, um, SoundCloud, and then my Instagram, St. Bodie, S-T dot B-O-D-H-I, is a good way to just click on the link and follow me. All right, there you go. Go follow St. Bodie and check out Black Panther number 23 on a comic stand near you coming very soon. Yay! All right, big thanks again to St. Bodie for coming on the show. You can, of course, check out her music wherever you stream your musics. Yep, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> Where you stream your musics. I don't know. I'm, I I found all my CDs, you know, that and I And you're like, I'll have. never use these. Or maybe you will. My husband listens to CDs because he's 100 years old inside. As is my wife. She has far more CDs and she's <laughs> never going to get rid of them. She's going to buy a new, like, hi-fi, you know, music system so she can listen to her music the way it's meant to be, as she'll tell me. Oh, my husband has a disc man. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. But a lot of my music is so, like, obscure. Oh, yeah. You have to keep it. I have to keep it or at least try to digitize it. So, but go listen to St. Bodie. Honestly, her music slaps. So yeah. go check it out. For sure. Of course, that was this week. But how about next week? We're going to have on our friend Angelique Roche because she's going to be talking about Marvel's Voices Legacy. Number one, the brand new comic that is inspired by the work that she's done on the podcast, Marvel's Voices. With that in mind, question of the week is pertaining to this Marvel's Voices Legacy issue because we're going to have a bunch of really cool stories in this anthology. And I figured, what are you most excited to read in this book? We've got a story with Miles Morales. We've got a really fun story where Ironheart and Ms. Marvel and Shuri team up and have a fun time together. We have a really great story with Monica Rambeau shopping at the supermarket with Thor and She-Hulk and Monica's mom, which is <laughs> tremendous. There's a wonderful Domino story. There's a Venomverse story and a Blade story, which really reminds me of the Vampires in the Bronx movie that came out last year. That was just a riot. It was really good. Based on that, Lorraine, what are you most excited to read? Oh, I'm going to have to go Ironheart, Ms. Marvel and Shuri team mm -hmm. up always, although... I do live for Monica shopping in a grocery store. Having read the book and loved it, I'm torn between my favorite being the Monica one and the Blade one. But they're all really good. It's a 
great, great anthology. You guys can tweet us your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can email them to twinpodcast.marvel.com or you can send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And please, please, please be sure to tell us it is, quote, okay to read on the show so we can read them on the show. Yeah. Let's get into some of our community answers we've gotten in here. We had our question of the week. Last week was, who is your Storm OTP, a.k.a. One true pairing? Yep. Yep, (laughs) Wow. Yes, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Did you miss Tumblr in the early 2000s, right? No, but like, I just, you know, you've got to be sure about these things. (laughs) One toilet paper. Ooh, just one. Yep. Use it wisely. Yep. All right. We've got some community from our friends here. Let's see what we got. The 55 guy sent us a message and said, to answer your question, I would prefer Storm and Black Panther. Also, I have a podcast called 55 News Desk. And did you know Elizabeth Hensridge had a podcast called Live with Lil? And I have a YouTube channel called The 55 Guy. Wow. All the shout outs. That is from Jasper Payne with a cat and a dolphin. We need to get either us or you on Elizabeth Hensridge's podcast, Live with Lil. Oh, yeah. You'd be great on it. She's my homie. I love Elizabeth. She's the best. Yeah, she's the best. Yeah. We got an email in here from Karis Pollard, who also answers our question of the week. She says, hey, gang, I thought this was a fascinating question. I personally love Storm and T'Challa together for all the reasons Lorraine said, as they have such an interesting dynamic. He embodies a mythic power, and she is a goddess. But I don't feel that he can be her OTP as both of them prioritize their duty and their people above personal relationships. I think Storm's OTP is mutant kind. (gasps) I, as she says, love you all. Stay safe and stay happy. Karis, I love that. That is so smart. Dang, Mike. I know. That makes so much sense, too. It's like, oh, what was I was watching something recently where people or I was reading something where they were like, we got to break up. I just can't do this anymore because I, I can't devote the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. She loves herself and her people more. Oh, oh I really love that. Yeah. Well done, Karis. Excellent answer as always. Next up, we have Bennett Stade who wrote us, I agree with Lorraine with the fact that Black Panther and Storm are definitely a power couple. I've been an MCU fan my whole life, but I just last year got into comics. I got a bunch of them from my dad, who is also a Marvel fan. I got a lot of Spider-Man comics, which I love. I also got one or two Black Panther comics, which I was really into. In the Black Panther comics, he and Storm were married, and I thought it was really cool how their powers complemented each other. Heck yeah, Bennett. That's awesome. Shout outs to your dad for helping you with some comics after, you know, knowing that you love the movies. That's wonderful. Uh, And I think, yes, those comics where they're married are are a lot of fun. There's some really great moments in recent comics, even though they're Mm -hmm. not married anymore. Their chemistry has like been undeniable. So it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, come on. He's powered by a god. She is a god, essentially. Yeah. It's dope. It is. We've got a Facebook message in here from our pal Jim Radloff, who says, Hey, I am catching up on new episodes and something struck me. In a recent episode, you were talking about people's favorite D-list heroes and disputing Moon Knight status as a D-lister. It made me wonder how you consider a team or character's position on each list. I know some shift over time, but I consider A-list to be X-Men and Spider-Man from the 90s or Avengers since about 2006. My B-list is Fantastic Four and 90s Avengers. C-list is mostly street heroes like Daredevil and Heroes for Hire, again, pre-TV shows. What do you guys think? That's an interesting thought, Jim. I would, (laughs) 
baseline on a really scientific method, which is like, how well would my mom know what that is? Mm. You know what I mean? Where I would be like anybody on the street, you could pretty much be like, do you know who Spider-Man or the Avengers or the X-Men are? And they'd be like, yeah, definitely. Or the Fantastic Four. Like, yeah, I know who they are. Whereas if I was like, do you know Pace Pot Pete? I would get a blank stare. And then the additional, I think, of further down the list is like a D-list character is essentially someone, when you say their name, people laugh because it sounds like a joke. (laughs) I think D-List also, they can't have helmed their own comic book series for a long right. time. Moon Knight is never going to be D-List to me because he's had 200 issues of comics. I think we talked mm-hmm. about this already. Yeah. And he's honestly, he'll be A-List or at least B-plus list, you know, soon enough because he's got a show coming to Disney+. Plus. You mean he'll be D-plus? Nailed it. Yeah, I got nailed it, it, nailed it. Nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Yeah. So, it you know, it, it's tough. Like Ms. Marvel, she's fairly popular. But she's not that like A-list yet, even though she's had a bunch of, you know, comic series, she's had what, like 50 so issues. But once that show hits, boom, to the moon, it's she's she's going to be there. I mean, in the scheme of Marvel Comics, which is over 80 years, she's only been around for a few years. Yeah. So just the literal length of time she's been around can't necessarily put her on the A-list. But yep, once she's on a show, that's that. It's going to yeah. be totally different. Totally. Next up, we have the tech lord at Lex Pendragon, who said, This week in Marvel's Lorraine Sync opens this week with a great singing of her name. Loved it. And followed that up with, The Hellfire Gala winners should also get to join a live video chat hosted by Emma and Scott so we can attend in person as well as being drawn in. P.S. I'm in the sweepstakes already. Pick me. Entry is now closed, but over on Marvel Insider, there was a sweepstakes to be included in in an X-Men comic book and to be drawn into the Hellfire Gala for the winner. So I hope you get picked. I hope I get picked too. We're all just hoping to be invited. It's like high school all over again, but I'm with you. I may have a an inside track for at least me and you and, and James, but everybody else, good luck. Best of luck to getting picked <laughs> to be in this. And this is another reason everybody should join Marvel Insider. Go to marvel.com slash insider. We have the Deadpool Nerdy 30 event coming up, gosh, yeah. next week, which uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And that's that's a, a perk for Marvel Insider. So definitely sign up for Marvel Insider. Sign up for Marvel Unlimited Plus. We have these great programs where you can do some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, that Nerdy 30 event is coming up. Mm-hmm. And if you're an MU Plus subscriber, you can get it for free or you can just buy a ticket to it. But also, spoiler alert, if you just get the subscription, you can also see the show. Yeah, and And then you also get stuff. Yeah. So you're welcome. I heard it from a couple of our listeners that we pushed them over the edge into getting MU Plus. Um, <laughs> so we did it. Congratulations. Join join the club. All right. We've got a tweet in here. This one is from, again, Karis Pollard at a Karis Pollard. She says, so my This Week in Marvel Pick of the Week goes to Black Panther, the King in Black Black Panther by Jeffrey Thorne, Herman Peralta, and Jesus Abertov. This is a perfect comic book, Karis says. It is utterly, utterly gorgeous. Again, what do you expect? Superstar colorist on all the books. This I have to like triple double down on because this book is one of my favorite books we put out. It's I talked about it a lot on Marvel's Polis podcast. It's really good if you want a single like Black Panther story that will knock your socks off and just remind you how amazing Wakanda stories can be. This is it. It's really, really good. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. 
Yeah, that's it. That's a wrap for us. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Canagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. And Joe DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to the Hellfire Gala. The Hellfire Gala. It's a hell of a good time. Hell yeah. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe.